So I apologize about the quality of this audio uh, on my side at least. It just didn't come out quite right. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the conversation nonetheless. Hit play. Check this out. And I actually opened up the, the clipping of Dogtown and Z-Boys. I said, see this kid? See the way he's uh, riding the, uh, the skateboard? That's how your drivers should drive their Hot Wheels cars. Oh, okay. and, and, uh, and she bought executive after executive into that meeting room. There was like 12 people. I was, I was having heart palpitations. I couldn't believe it. Hello, and welcome to the Square Corner Podcast. I'm your host, JC Squared, where I will be interviewing guests from the Hot Wheels community and beyond. Today's guest that I have with me is the creator of Hot Wheels World Race, Jeff Gomez. How are you? Hey, JC. Amazing to be here. I'm so thrilled. Man, I am I am beyond livid. This is like a dream come true type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to first get into how did you begin your company and what aspects led to the creation of Starlight Runner? Um, well, um, uh, sure, sure. Um, uh, I've always been a... Uh, uh, a kid with a big imagination, um, uh, always kind of lost in fantasy, science fiction, um, uh, movies, video games, and things like that. Uh, from way back in the seventies and eighties, you know, I, I, I had Pong, <laughs> the very first video game. And, um, and, you know, I, I even had, when I was a very little kid, Hot Wheels cars and 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 the racetracks and things like that. I loved Speed Racer, the uh, uh, the uh, proto Japanese anime on TV, and I would play oh, pretend that that my Hot Wheels cars were like Speed Racer. Um, and uh, you know, something somehow told me that uh, I I would be a creator, a storyteller, somebody who would be in the business of telling stories. I started studying how um, uh, movies were made. I collected a magazine called Famous Monsters of Filmland that talked about how the makeup was made and how King Kong was a stop motion animation, oh. all all that cool stuff, and. Um, uh, and eventually I'd, um, I'd study uh, writing and storytelling and film production in college. And, um, and uh, once I got into the real world, I found my way to a comic book company where I was a, a writer and editor for comic books. The, the, two, um, uh, the two big successes I had in the 1990s were um, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering, um, uh, where uh, a part of the fictional story world was created by myself, and and I was involved in the early development of the magic, uh, Magic the Gathering universe, and um, Turok, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, the Nintendo oh, yeah. sixty four uh, uh, video game. Th those were two really big hits, and and I made a little money and was able to to leave the the comic book company and form my own company, Starlight Runner Entertainment. Now, the secret um, that, that got me connected to Mattel was that I was a believer, even back then, that universes, fantasy universes, ought to be able to manifest in different ways across different media. So um, I, I would create Magic the Gathering comic books, 
but the video game of Magic the Gathering, which I produced, was like a sequel to the comics. It wasn't the same story over again. It was it was a different story. And I had all of this lore about the Magic universe. So that went on the website, the Magic the Gathering official website, which was the first time I think that anybody had done something like that. It was the, the mid-1990s. So, oh, um, uh, so that was very successful. The fans really loved to be able to explore the universe through different media. And um, uh, uh, Amy Smith Boylan was my boss at Acclaim Entertainment. Uh, so she saw what I did with Turok, and then she left Acclaim and went to Mattel. Um, so, uh, and she was in charge of Hot Wheels, the Hot Wheels brand. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when I started Starlight Runner Entertainment in 2000, uh, it wasn't long before she started reading about some of my accomplishments in, in the press and, um, and just called me like cold call and and said, you know, Hey, uh, uh, can you do for hot wheels, what you did for Turok and magic, the gathering? Um, we want a a, a multi-platform approach. Now at that time, uh, JC, um, uh, Lego was only beginning to to consider Bionicle and, mm. and so forth and that multi-platform okay. approach. So I would argue that uh, <laughs> as far as getting to into formal development, Hot Wheels was was first. Ah, and let's go. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, she she flew me to uh, El Segundo, California to to talk to them about um, a, a, a creating a a story uh, around Hot Wheels cars. Mm. Wow, that is that is so much information, and you actually went through <laughs> you blew some of my other questions because it just went into that answer. That is amazing. Uh, it's funny to hear that that whole Bionicle thing with uh, being like quote unquote the first big transmedia toy company uh, with with its e release. And I remember I was talking to my cousin at one point, and he says, "Yeah, the first collab between uh, uh was it a shoe company and a toy company was this Bionicle shoe." And then I realized, wait a minute, that's only like a year away from Hot Wheels did theirs. <laughs> it's like right, right after, and I just I found that so cool. That's right. Um, how, I guess, how did the um elements of Hot Wheels? Uh, translate into that transmedia. I I remember I was reading an article that you had like a list of what did Hot Wheels stand for. What what was that list? Oh sure sure. Well um you know uh, first of all this was the first big gig for Starlight Runner for my company, um, and um, uh, we um, we had been. Uh, really kind of messed up. We we would have uh, uh, gone blasting out of the gates as a company, but we were formed in in late 2000. So mm-hmm. so in in 2001, um, we were messed up by by 9/11. Um, oh wow! We yeah. were um, uh, you know uh, we were on we were on the ropes to tell you the truth, uh, JC. So when Amy mm-hmm. called, um, not this wasn't just another job. This was the difference between the life or death of my company. 
uh, and um, and so I was very nervous. And I I went to El Segundo, uh, not knowing all that much about Hot Wheels from a, a contemporary standpoint, from a, a brand standpoint, and so forth. Um, and it wasn't easy to look up stuff on on the internet in two thousand one, mm-hmm. yeah. as it is now. Um, so uh, I, I was kind of on my own, and um, and I remember a a key aspect of the uh, uh, of the the meeting that first meeting happened while I was in a Pollo Loco restaurant across the the the, the avenue from Mattel. Like oh I, I got there early. I was hungry. I, I, I went to the Pollo Local. It was the only restaurant nearby. <laughs> um, and and I uh, to kill time, I was reading a, a, a local newspaper and they had an article in the paper uh, about the movie Dogtown and Z-Boys. Dogtown and Z-Boys was a documentary about um, uh, California skateboarders and how they had um, uh, learned how to skate in a very specific style, which resembled surfing, surfboards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, JC, all the things you love came together in that Pollo Loco. <laughs> wow. There you go. I should th- I go to the Pollo Loco now to just say, thank you, Pollo Loco. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. I I, I imagine this spiky-haired uh, blonde kid who um, who who was both a surfer and a um, uh, and a skateboarder, and yeah. who was successful on the skateboard because of his experience with surfing, and that that was how he was going to shoot the the curl. The oh the, my gosh, giant loop. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted my loop to be a mile high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted it to be super gigantic. How could the cars, no matter how fast you're going, how could they make the whole loop using the um, uh, the, the the surfing modality um, to, to gain yeah. momentum and then go around? Um, and, <laughs> That's so awesome. That came together. And I, I ripped the article out of the paper. And I described in that first meeting with Mattel, I, I, because re- remember, they only wanted a comic strip. They oh, wanted a, okay. a little comic strip to be on their website, hotwheels.com. Mm. That was it. That was all Amy wow. asked for. And, and, and I said, you know, here's the premise for the comic uh, uh, strip, this race around the world, um, uh, which I based, as you know, on, on an old... A, a fantasy role-playing game that I uh, d- developed, Global Run 2020. <laughs> um, but um, uh, so I, I had that ready. But then I said, but you know, I think this would be fantastic in animation. Check this out. And I actually opened up the, the clipping of Dogtown and Z-Boys. I said, see this kid? See the way he's uh, riding the uh, the skateboard? That's how your drivers should drive their Hot Wheels cars. Oh, okay. And and, uh, and she bought executive after executive into that meeting room. There was like twelve people. I was having <laughs> oh palpitations. I couldn't believe it. What's going on here? Wow. Everybody from all the different divisions of Mattel uh, uh, sat down and said, 
Ah, yeah, but you know, animation's a little expensive, right? Yeah. And and um and, and I said, well, you know, you guys do the Barbie videos. Um, I think we could take those those assets from mainframe uh, entertainment, the, the the CG animation company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could get a list of all of those assets, and I could build uh, a world, a universe uh, uh, for the Hot Wheels cars with the same assets. Because I had been from the video game business, right? Okay, yeah. So. In, in the Barbie videos, there were all kinds of different lands. There was a jungle land. There was a volcano land. There was, you know, there were castles and, and things like yeah. that uh, and, and so forth. Ocean land, you know, for the mermaid, Barbie mermaid. That, that's <laughs> I the remember real that. <laughs> I remember oh, that. Do you? How do yeah, you? My sis, I had two sisters, uh, so uh, I remember uh, those very, uh, yes. I love them. I love them. They're funny. I did because I had a daughter who was uh, who was a baby at the time. So uh, so okay, I yeah. watched those things. So so it was a matter of repurposing those assets wow. um, to to make it a cost effective for Mattel to do, even though they had not planned on a Hot Wheels animated uh, series. Um, so that was one of the uh, only times in my entire career where I went in with almost nothing (laughs) (laughs) and a newspaper clipping. And I left that, that meeting with a, yes, we're going to do this. Yes. (laughs) Um, It was awesome. That is. Wow. That is so cool. The fate of the company on newspaper clipping El Pollo Loco. This is it. (laughs) This is all we got. (laughs) That is so awesome. So, wow, that again blew through some of my other questions I had. And, and I actually wanted to ask, so for, for some of the logos that y'all started designing, were, were those designed by Mainframe or designed at Starlight Runner? Did y'all have it from the house designers themselves? How did, how did that work? So, well, the, the process was really interesting. It, it actually uh, was the prototype for how uh, uh, Starlight Runner did its work. Um, uh, so... The, the first thing we, we knew um, was that this was going to be a big surprise for everyone at Mattel because, you know, a few people said yes, but Mattel is a giant company. So, so if there was going to be a, a, a line of, of toys, you, you know, cars, mm-hmm. if there was going to be um, a, an animated series, if there was going to be a, a video game from THQ, and a website, right? And little mini comics, you know, so that's five <laughs> different things uh, going on at the same time. Plus specials like the Target special, the McDonald's uh, mm-hmm. um, promotion and stuff like that, that all had to happen super fast because they wanted it like in in, in a matter of months. Oh, so, um, so I had to, um, uh, first of all, I, I can't be wrong. Right. I cannot be wrong about the brand, about what Hot Wheels is. So I said, what is the um, what is the ethos? What is the underlying meaning to you, Mattel, uh, uh, about Hot Wheels? What makes Hot Wheels different from Matchbox or Corgi mm-hmm. or all these different uh, uh, toys? And they said, well, that's easy. Speed, power, performance and attitude. Yeah, I love that. attitude. <laughs> right? That was, that was it was great it was great 
So, so I looked at that and, um, and remember I, I was not big on sports. I was not big on, on car racing and, and stuff like that. Hot Wheels was a little bit unfamiliar to me as a, a, a world, a genre and so forth. But I, I thought that it felt like there was something missing. Um, uh, you know, they, um, they talked about um, all those terms, speed, power, performance, attitude were, you know, kind of alpha male, <laughs> you know, there can, there can be only one winner who has speed, power, performance, and attitude. Do you see how the story is starting to come, to come yeah. together? I'm a team of one. Yeah, um, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I thought to myself, you know, the world has changed. The world's different now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, we, we're, we're hurting each other. We're dragged into wars. And Hot Wheels is a global brand, is a brand that everyone on the planet um, uh, responds to. Everybody loves Hot Wheels. I, that's what I found out from their marketing materials and their sales information that Hot Wheels was beloved in the Middle East, um, oh, in, yeah. in Asia, everywhere. So uh, I thought to myself, you know, we have a responsibility. Um, uh, if, if you're going to tell a story to the entire planet, what, what would that story in 2002, 2003, what would that be uh, for, for children? What do children need to know? Um, and, and so I asked Mattel if I could add one word to speed, power, performance, and attitude, and that was teamwork. Mm. Teamwork. Um, uh, and, um, and they said, well, it's a race, isn't it? Can't there be only one winner? And I said, the, 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 yeah, sure, it's, it's the story about a race. But the story that the heroes are going to learn is that, you know, there's 35 cars yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's the 36, if you count Z, 36, <laughs> um, there's a lot of cars here. Um, you know, in, in order to allow for the characters to interact with each other, we need them to team up. We need mm-hmm. them to, to mix and match and, and to, to have a, a story that we care about in terms of all the, the, the characters, not just Vert Wheeler. Um, So please let me add teamwork. And you know what? They said, yes, they said, yes. And and that um, uh, formed the basis for the, the narrative moving forward. Wow. That's good. And, and, you know, uh, I was going to say this for later, but Nolo AF, he actually asked a question in regards to, to adding some of these characters. And he wanted to ask what was considering like the issue of representation of animation, how hard did it, and was it to fight for characters like Kadim and, and Lonnie and stuff in World Race to get into that's, a, a how really uh, interesting? Um, uh, first, I'm sorry uh, the the to answer your actual original question. Um, once we had that 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 uh, uh, ethos down, we were able to start production. And and okay. and the first thing that was uh, uh, going to be produced was the the look of the teams you know the logos and things like that Mm -hmm. now mattel had been doing that for many many years so so the the names of the teams and the logo work were actually created by mattel okay Uh, so these things so yes (laughs) um, these these amazing designs (laughs) right right well now now we created the costumes 
Um, okay. But the, the the look of them on on the cars and and so forth, and the the actual Road Beasts logo and and stuff oh, like that. Okay. Uh, Wave Rippers uh, were were created by Mattel. Now um, uh, we we did recommend names that that Mattel took some of them and and so forth. Mm. So I think we came up with Wave Rippers uh, actually, okay. which is cool. Uh, and Z thirty six, you know those yeah. those things were us, and okay. and, um, and then uh, we we began to develop characters, and that's where we ran into a little bit of difficulty. Mm. Uh, so Nolo is right, um, okay. You know, there there were two issues. One was, um, you know, why are there so many different races in in this race mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. you know these characters are from all over the world and and that's what we tried to communicate well yeah. this is a, a worldwide uh franchise and you want to see that reflected in the world mm-hmm. and they got it they were a little nervous about uh, uh brian kadeen mm-hmm. um and, and i said um i said it's so important for uh for young people in the the middle east to see themselves in in this race and and to to see themselves as as good natured good human beings who are competent and who can you know win win one of the races and and, and so forth and um and they they agreed to that it was actually more difficult to get female characters mm. in Solani Tom Esmeralda uh, Sanchez that they, it was a little tough um, and um, and they said, well, you know, it, it's never been done before. You know, this is a boy's property. Could you back then there yeah. was a big distinction between boys toys and girls toys. Yeah. And and let me tell you something. Disney was the same because I worked on fairies and they said, this is oh, girl. Okay. You know, we uh, don't even want boy male characters in, in the in the story and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So actually, in some ways, Mattel was more progressive than Disney at that time. Because <laughs> Mattel uh, uh, caved and and let us put uh, uh, girls in the uh, as as driver characters in in the storyline. Well, well, I'm glad they did because, like I said, I enjoyed the Barbie movies just because they're funny, and I watched them with my sisters. And my sisters could enjoy my movie because it had Lonnie were... and Esmeralda and stuff in it, sure, and so it's sure. like this whole this like it's a story you know and it's got to have different characters you can't just have the same guy and uh, one of the the things i'm most proud of in all my career is L- lonnie in the lava <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, because um because we insisted that she be calm you know oh, concerned yeah. But yeah, but she yeah. didn't freak out she wasn't screaming um yeah. uh, and, and the the guys um, uh, communicated with her as if she if, if you look back on that scene they talk to her like she's a peer like like yeah. she's one of them not someone that they're re- not a damsel in distress to be rescued right um, that was really unusual uh at that time um uh you know so um so i love that i i think that's uh that's super cool yeah that yeah, and I think it's it's funny. I do wish a little of the comic got in there a little with with how she like adapted after that. Uh, I do love that that whole like you're learning from your mistake and and like even even as as team leaders, it's like Bert is still um, supportive of of her even though she was doubting in herself. 
it's like that's, that's what right. team leaders are supposed to do and stuff so I just, oh man, I love the character. Wow, that's great that you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's not like I read it last night or something. I was going binging them all, you know. <laughs> now, re remember remember the comics. Uh, this is not, not well known. The, the comics had to be done immediately. So mm -hmm. when you look at the comics, the premise of the, the animated series, the original premise that we had pitched, that's what's in the comics. It was it was a race around the world with landmark and, and stuff like that, um, uh, and the the racing realms and and uh, uh, the the whole world of the accelerons and stuff like that was invented for uh, uh, for mainframe because we could not afford to create cities and landmarks and and things like that in right. the animation. It's like, you didn't have a Statue of Liberty? No, we can't do that one. <laughs> it's just too hard. Oh, man, that's good. I um, want to try and move a little away from that and sure. move into what was the what was the relationship between um, the different media companies y'all had to work with, with Mainframe, with music? Like, did y'all ever meet Smash Mouth and stuff when it came to music? Or was that handled by someone else? And, like, what about the actors? Yeah, just... Have at it. Sure, it, it's it was the first time that I personally served as a uh, a producer of a, a show of any kind. I had produced video games before then, mm -hmm. and I had edited comic books, but this was my first um, uh, actual kind of show. And um, and so, you know, mainframe um, uh, Mattel sat between uh, Starlight Runner and Mainframe Entertainment. And um, and yet we heard that they had had a bunch of questions because Amy would call every once in a while and say, um, hey, what's the you know, they, she would ask some nerdy question. And I said, mm -hmm. finally, I said, Amy, you don't have to, you know, uh, 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 spend your time asking goofy questions about helmets and, and stuff like that. Just <laughs> put me directly in touch with uh, with mainframe. And she did, and uh, and Mainframe was in such a hurry to get this stuff together that they asked us to to uh, to help them with things like three views of the characters and, oh, and yeah. uh, pictures of uh, equipment like helmets and other uh, other things like that. Um, uh, uh, the designs for uh, things like the saw blades that came out of oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the speed and, racer saw blades <laughs> yeah yeah well <laughs> um, <laughs> you know my feelings um so so it, it actually was a lot of fun to be able to uh, to talk with them and and so forth they let us hear some of the uh, actors to who, mm -hmm. who voiced the characters and um uh, and i saw that one of them had a, a, a fantastic interaction with you recently. Oh, yes. Andrew Francis. Yes. Uh, that was amazing. That's so wonderful. It was, it was, so um, it was, uh, it was through Cameo. And actually one mm -hmm. of my fans had reached out to him to say, Hey, can you give this guy a cameo for this event of me just sitting in a car? But it's not just any car. It's of course a Dior too, while I'm dressed as Vert Wheeler. And I was just like, in tears probably when i saw that message <laughs> and, and it actually came to me uh for or a little earlier on i think it, i got that message in like october but i decided to release it for people because i thought okay you know this is a special message for me but i think people would want to see that 
you know, the actors are interacting with us in a way. And you know, so- the, the thing that touched me about that message was he went above and beyond. He, he, he it seemed like he like looked into you and, and learned a little bit about you. <laughs> and, and it went for a long time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, uh, those, th- as I understand it, those things are usually maybe 60 seconds, 90 seconds long, but he, he did a whole, a whole nine yards. It's so great. So cool. Uh, yeah, I was, I was really touched. I really was. That's great. So, so I learned, you know, I, I got to, to meet all these, uh, 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 voice actors briefly over the phone. We, there was no zoom or Skype or anything like that. Right. And th- this, it was done in Vancouver, uh, Canada. And, um, uh, and, and so the, the actual production itself, you know, um, they, they would, they would keep us in the loop with all creative, but things like, uh, the post-production and, and the smash mouth and stuff like that, that was all them. That was a surprise to us oh, okay. that we learned when we, uh, when the, the, the show came out. Oh, that's sweet. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get a trying to get a whole uh music career and then they're just like oh yeah by the way we also got smash mouth you know the most popular yep. band in the 2000s to just do a little little music video for us that's awesome, it was awesome. totally totally it, it really helped by the way for um uh for uh the publicity and the marketing of of hot world race yeah it was i mean i remember like playing the video game and the first thing that pops up is the song and it's like you're getting in the, you're getting in that vibe, or or you're turning on the DVD, and it's just dun 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 dun, dun, dun. Yep. and it's exactly. it's like so memorable, and we all love it. I mean, I don't know if you uh-huh. if you did see this. Um, one of my other colleagues, technically on YouTube, he got a company, or I think just just like a single artist to do the World Race song, like a cover of it, and then put it on his own stuff because he loved it so much and stuff and he wanted uh, to like see what someone else's take would be on the song. I, I can't tell you how many times somebody's asked me for the soundtrack. They go, oh, do you have it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <don't> no. <laughs> <laughs> so that Wish was all mainframe then though. Like yeah. all the soundtrack stuff. That's all mainframe. Sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. So like the ball of wax, that's, that's all mainframe with their themes and everything. That's cool yeah. though. In a way it that, cool. that, all of that, good. all of that, like information could somehow align together with just you know not as much coordination as you would have thought. And, and for a, a you know a, not to talk too much out of school, a tiny amount of money. Uh, I mean, those those shows were put together at a fraction of what uh, a network television animated series would would cost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and, and it was a lot of it was because of the way we uh, developed the world. And, um, and a lot of it was because they really wanted to do it bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. I think it was still successful. I think they've, they've oh, definitely thanks. seen that for sure. Especially since I'm such a big fan still. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what other, what other secrets are there about the Hot Wheels World Race universe? I know we heard that there is this lore Bible and we were all wondering, is there any chance to have public access to that, you know, that we can all just read through? And I, I wish, because because when you see the, the Bible, um, you know, you can, you can tell how much got into the show and how much was being prepared for the sequel series, which was not Acceleracers. Mm. It would have been a direct uh, a sequel. There was a lot of lore 
laid down, the scrim and the clip, mm-hmm. the accelerons, uh, what they were, how they interrelated with, with one another. Now, um, I, I, you know, Mattel has just asked us not to, to release that. And, and I'm sure it's because they're oh, perpetuating, you know, uh, uh, this thing in one form or another. I wish they'd let us because it's awesome. Um, uh, but, um, but the, there, there are a couple of secrets that I haven't talked too much about. One was that, um, you know, we originally wanted to make the narrative, uh, a, a darker, a little older for, mm-hmm. for tweens and, um, uh, and Mattel asked us not to. So, so the sequel, um, uh, was, um, was going to be called uh, uh, Overdrive, mm-hmm. and and it was it was going to be called Hot Wheels Overdrive, and um, and then there's there was a um, uh, and and it would have been in the same tonality as as World Race, but just continue the mythology and and mm-hmm. um, yeah. a lot of it would have been set in in so called Hot Wheels City and and stuff like that, uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, we we were going to push for creating a kind of megalopolis that that was all tied oh. in with the with the, uh, with the tracks and stuff like that, and we would have met accelerons and and, oh, and all that's that. cool. <laughs> it was going to be cool, um, uh, but um, uh, so there was you know I'm, I I still ache a little bit for yeah. for not being able to to get that. The other kind of cool thing is that my creative partner was uh, Fabian Nicieza. Um, uh, Fabian Nicieza uh, was a writer for Marvel Comics. Um, oh, uh, yeah. he, um, he was uh, known uh, uh, series-wise um, uh, for, you know, d- d- huge numbers of, of, uh, of different comic books, um, including X-Force. Uh, and, um, and in the uh, New Mutants and X Force comics that he wrote. He um, he introduced a character he created called Deadpool. Oh so, wow! Um, <laughs> the creator of Deadpool. What? <laughs> I did not know this. On on Hot Wheels, uh, and wow. so the, and he wrote many of those comic books. I, I think we split okay. them evenly between the two of us. So so half those comics were written by. Uh, uh, the writer of Deadpool, the, the creator. Of wow, that's great! I think that's great. I think people are gonna love hearing that. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> "Wait, what? This mega franchise of Deadpool and his movies and all that? Right. Also, Hot Wheels. <laughs> that is that amazing. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to talk to Mattel about influencing them about saying uh hey about this bible thing can we can we just have it now <laughs> just release it i, I don't, I don't care if it's a book if, if anyone at mattel says it's okay um uh, uh th- that'd be fine with me i i asked them brief i, I met with them uh i guess um, right before the pandemic and um uh, uh, and tried to persuade them to revive uh uh you know the the uh the the franchise, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Vert Wheeler adventures. And, uh, and they were like, nah, we're, we're headed toward a feature film. You, you know, oh, the, yes. the, 
the the feature that was in development while we did World Race Race was the one with McGee. The director McGee was was developing a, a Hot Wheels thing, and he looked at our our stuff, and um, and he said, "Well, it's it's too fantastical." He wanted to do a real world, you know, ah, set. That's the big. Uh... <laughs> well, I happen. know. I know for me it's like I think I think for for mid 2000s fans what we love most is fantasy hot wheels and it's like from for now it seems the big thing is like real life hot wheels and and like That's right. Oh yeah, the, the new stuff. game the new game is is awesome. JC oh, how okay. did you tell me I I don't know this how you first encountered uh uh Hot Wheels World Race Okay, so I think it was my cousin. Uh, he was he was older. He was about five or six, and he actually um, he he showed me the movie. I think on VHS. I think that's wow. Right. And so I just got really into it. And I remember going to the store later on and like finding whatever car I could. I think Crazy Eights was was the first one I got. But it wasn't it wasn't the world race one. It was I think this was like maybe a year after it released and stuff. So oh, I never so got the after. chance to really collect the Yeah, because you, you seemed a little bit young for uh Yeah, uh, I was. I was three years old when it came out. So 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 when you were watching this VHS, okay, try and think back. What 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 was it that hit? What was the thing that, that turned on the lights for you I while, think... while you were watching this thing? I think it was just the whole um, Vert Wheeler thing. I mean, like, it, I know it sounds funny, but it's just like, I have blonde hair, he had blonde hair. I'm like, that's me. Like, I'm that guy right there. I'm going to be skating. Uh, this is so cool. Um, especially the the whole, like, the boost, I think, was super neat. Like, how they just, like, fly up into the air as they're boosting. And that's what I, I was thinking every you. time. My talk was, uh, was Mattel gave us that. Okay. Yeah, so that Nitrox 2 thing. What, what powers the cars? What gives them that extra yeah. super element? And they said, Nitrox 2. And it's beautiful. Because, uh, like, that's a video game type thing. You know, you see the car go super fast and everything. And it's it was so cool to see that on screen. Um, I, think, I think as far as, like, uh, the community went, I think I was, or not maybe the community's a little after. When I was a kid, the way I interacted with other kids was, we talked about Hot Wheels World Race. I mean, really? I, I was in kindergarten and we would trade Hot Wheels cars with each other as like, yo, I have Brian Kadeem, yo, I have Alec Wood, yo, I have this guy. And m my best friend at the time, he he was like the big Alec Wood guy. So I was, I was Vert Wheeler, he was Alec Wood. And then I had another guy, he was Brian Kadeem and everything. We would like race our Hot Wheels cars on the playground. And that was like the big thing. And, and I so these were actual world race cars. And these were the that, actual that, ones. That, yes, these were the wow. actual ones because they they got the chance to get them at some point. I don't know when. Uh -huh. And they had uh, lent me some while we were doing everything. And we trade them back and forth. And I remember I had this poster. Um, I actually showed it in one of my videos. Uh, I had this poster that I drew of the Dior 2. And then on the back, I put Crazy 8s. So when I would trade... For the Dior 2, I would put the Dior 2 up on my wall. And then when I traded it back for Crazy 8s, I'd flip it back to Crazy 8s. As, as this like, oh yeah, this is my car now or something Crazy. like that. 
So, so um, I find it interesting that that you applied the names of the characters to the to the cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, why why is that instead of being you know concentrating on the car name and the technicalities of the car, why were you uh, uh, affiliating the character names with them? I think it's it's like you're playing with like an action figure sort of. So right. it's 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 that way of doing things. And it wasn't that you're ignoring the name of the car because obviously I know them all practically. I'm I'm like name listing them. But it's sure. just um, in terms of when you're playing with someone else, you can you can take on a role of a character while you're playing with the car. And that's something that was really unique at the time with Hot Wheels is that you could say, oh, I'm playing with the Dior 2 driven by Vert Wheeler. And so this one is Vert Wheeler and I'm going to be driving around as Vert Wheeler and you'll be driving around as Kadeem in Crazy 8s. I got to tell you something, uh, Mattel at the time was hesitant about that, uh, about mm. personalizing the characters for the cars, um, you know, and, and they and I would say, what? Well, what do you mean? You know, there, there are drivers of these cars right in this mm. show. And, and they said, well, do there have to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's just robots. <laughs> Robot cars. And, and I said, yes, there has to be. There has to be, you know, um, because the 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 viewer will empathize with the person behind the wheel. That mm -hmm. was our argument for them. And they to, to their wisdom, and it, this was Amy who said, you know what, go for it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. create those characters and, and distinct personalities and, and distinct races and genders and, and things like that. And, um, and your evidence that, uh, that it worked. Yeah. And I gotta say, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing that. <laughs> Cause now, it did work. Another question though. Um, that was then. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yet a, a few years ago, I was shocked to, to find that there was, um, a, a small, but very passionate, uh, base of fans for that particular, uh, property, uh, for both, uh, uh, world race and accelerators. Mm -hmm. Um, how did it, why, uh, there were a million <laughs> uh, uh, back then. What, what's the thing that, that causes people to hold on to? to the property you know um i think it's just this this like desire for it still it's like you you grew up on it and it just ended sort of but it didn't end and so you're you're still have that sort of pain sort of thing in you and then you're like okay uh, i gotta find other people that talk about this because it's so much rarer and nicher than most other things even though at the time i mean i could find friends in my my school it, sure. over time, you know, those friends, obviously you're not in close contact with as, as much anymore. And right. so you're looking for other ways of communication with, with people that also hold that same value of, and love for something. And it also is like, well, everyone loves Marvel and stuff. And, you know, I want to try and focus on something that maybe I can add some benefit to. Cause like Marvel's got tons of people adding things to, and uh but for world race and, and accelerators it's so small i mean uh and there's so much good content that just no one made it so i was for me personally it was just like oh i should try and make something for people for now because i mean most of the 
like I said, with, with the merch, even most people back then, like they can't, they can't buy children's merch for now. And, and it was interesting. Um, the last use of world race was in forever 21's line in 2017. For some reason, they used the world race hot wheels logo in some of their merch product but they were all for females and i was like excuse me wait a minute wait a minute what happened here <laughs> so it must have been some designer at forever 21 that knew that was going on with the world race and they were the ones that like sort of pulled that apparently um but it was because of that that i decided okay i'm gonna make the stuff for the guys and everything and make sure they get what they need uh, because there's so much out there that, you know, people want to show their support with graphic tees and everything. Sure. Why shouldn't they be able to with, with something that they love from so old? They get to do with like Bionicle and other products. But with this one, like sure. for me, it was, this is all specifically to me, I guess. So maybe yeah. for the rest of the community, I think it just came down to people wanted to play this game together uh with with world race that's how i found people on roblox and then mm. you know that led me into the reddit and then of course into your ama at one point <laughs> it mm. was it was funny um i was actually walking into the doctor's office when i realized oh the jeff gomez reddit ama is on right now so i'm like <laughs> trying to type as fast as possible on my phone like okay what's a good question i, I can't think of anything and <laughs> I think I just thought of like, uh, what was your interaction with some of the actors or like, how did you get super good yeah. lines? And of course it was due to the Deadpool writer, which <laughs> is an amazing, amazing answer that I had no idea about. So <laughs> I wrote I a few myself, just a few, I wrote a few myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, uh, JC, let me tell you something. Um, it, it's anything, everything I could have hoped, uh, when, when creating that. Um, uh, you know, it, you don't get a chance too often to create an entire universe um, that's going to be seen and, and experienced by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of people. And, um, uh, and, and so I, I approached it as if this was my one shot at, at, at doing something at this level and and put the design sensibilities everything that i had learned up to that point in life went into uh, uh the creation of of world race and and the acceleron universe and and um uh and and it it paid off you, you know um it's so touching to know that there are as many fans out there as as uh, as has been made evident um, uh, who care about those characters in this world, you know, and it, it kind of stands up, you know, when you, when you think about how it all works and, and what the mechanisms of it were and so forth, it isn't just for, you know, five-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, I can quadrant. still enjoy it today. It's such a good movie. Um, right. Thank and, you. and one of the things I did get upset, I think at one point there was a Toonami interview or something and the Toonami people were like, oh, I hate this, uh, this world race thing and Acceleracers thing. And it's like, I hated doing promos for that. And But this Transformers thing, this was amazing. Like this G1 Transformers, oh, I love this show. And I'm like, you are literally the same part. You are <laughs> like, it's the exact same thing, guys. You just didn't realize it. <laughs> and it, it's so funny. Yeah, we worked on Transformers. Uh, um, uh, and, and, you know, um, it... it um, you know, uh, 
people say things to be provocative and, yeah. and there's a mentality out there that if you love one thing, you have to hate the other thing yeah, and, yeah. and so forth. I, I don't pay it much mind. I, I did see that, by the way. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember just watching it and laughing. I'm like, y'all guys are funny, though. <laughs> um, man, I think I got so off track. I, I was looking at my questions. I don't know where I was. Oh, um, okay, where did you think, or why do you think 2000s transmedia content was so big back then? Did it have to do with the internet and stuff? And like, why did Bionicles and Hot Wheels and all of these different, uh, even DC Comics with their DC animated universe, why was that so big back then compared to sort of now where it's just everything's, I don't know, it's it's much more plain maybe. Yeah, you know, um, the uh, uh, at that time, there was a, a spirit of experimentation because the the dot com bubble had burst, and and then what 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 remained after that was actually legit was starting to to make money for people. So you could start to order stuff through the internet. You could start to um, access information about your favorite things through the internet. So um, uh, so I think there was the, a, a kind of pioneer spirit that you saw there that was wildly imaginative, you know, and, and then it, it kind of died down um, and, um, uh, and, and different divisions of the companies stopped cooperating with each other. So for example, um, uh, you know, I had a, a, a daughter who loved the, the Monster High dolls. And, oh, um, and I said, uh, I told, the, the company, let me, um, let me do for monster high, what we did for, for hot wheels. And they said, no, we have, um, uh, the, the internet stuff taken care of. And we have the, the animated stuff taken care of and the movie stuff. Taken care of. But I, I said, but you, you're not coordinated. They, they yeah. all tell completely different stories that have nothing to do with each other. And the characters are behaving in different ways on, on different platforms. So it doesn't make sense to the child. anymore and um uh you know when you have that level of inconsistency it falls apart people stop believing in in your vision because you don't have a vision you're just making money (laughs) just yeah Um, you you know and um and so that's been a struggle um in the transmedia world uh ever since you know um, a, a group that that um, that started to figure it out with us was Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it started with Pirates of the Caribbean, then Tron, Tron Legacy, and and all oh, yeah. that. The Lions; those were true transmedia. And um, uh, and then when they took on Marvel and, and Star Wars, they decided to to do it that way to create canonical universes mm-hmm. that operate in concert across multiple platforms so uh, it's it's funny to me that there is marvel and uh and star wars but still the other studios like warner brothers you know the dc stuff is all over the map there are 52 different batman frustrating as a dc animated universe fan i mean i was big big into justice league and when you go to like um to the theme park we would go to six flags all the time you mm-hmm. would see these characters and that version of the character be consistent yeah. across all the boards. I mean, if you saw the Aquaman ride, it was the Aquaman from the show 
you saw the That's Superman. Right. It was a Superman from the show, the animated series. And now they're starting to remove that stuff. So you can't yeah. even see that old 2000s um, animated universe. And it's all just, I don't even know. Like, I'm so confused every time I go in. They've got a different version of Wonder Woman in one place of the park. And then a totally different version in another. I'm like, this makes zero sense. <laughs> and sure. and that just goes to back what you said. It's it's um, the consistency isn't there, and it's it makes me frustrated, I guess. <laughs> but in many ways, uh, uh, JC, and and this isn't well known. Uh, Hot Wheels uh, World Race, the the stuff, the work that Starlight Runner did on on Hot Wheels with Mattel you could draw a line between it and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and mm. Star Wars. And, and here's how, because uh, I, uh, you know, after the work we did with Mattel, I took the Hot Wheels Bible um, and, and said, you know, uh, I'm Jeff Gomez and I want to pitch an original intellectual property to, to Disney um, uh, you know, and this is the kind of thing that, that we'd like to, to do. Mm. And, um, and they flipped through it and, and so forth. And it was like, you know, wait a minute, how much money did this make for Mattel? Yeah. <laughs> and I told them and it was a lot. And, and um, uh, and they said, huh, uh, you know, um, so can you do for Pirates of the Caribbean, what you did for Mattel, just like wow. how Amy said, can you do for uh, Hot Wheels what you did for Torok and Magic? Um, uh, now, uh, Hot Wheels was influencing Disney, and and out of that came our our project for Pirates of the Caribbean, which included a um, a, a, a franchise clearinghouse. That's the term that they originally used for how to create a universe across all divisions and platforms at Disney that manifested the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and, and Star Wars. Oh, so, yeah, so that's what went into that, when like George Lucas signed his deal. I mean, they were like, okay, we, we got to flatten everything out and sort of say, right. okay, this is now what we did. Even though I know fans were really, really They were upset. disappointed. It's yeah. true. Um, uh, you know, I was a little bit too. But um, but but it was probably smart of them uh, uh, to be able to reboot and and do it in the way that they're doing because mm -hmm. obviously it's successful. Um, so so but the the philosophy of transmedia storytelling, the the notion of of a, a concerted narrative across different platforms, uh, I, I think um, uh, you know uh, World Race was the prototype for for Starlight Runner and for Hollywood. That's amazing. <laughs> Imagine telling someone that. I, I can't wait for people to watch this thing. <laughs> so I can't wait. Um, you know, I wanted to get on to what What do you think makes Hot Wheels interesting now? Uh, has it changed any from from that time? Uh, one of my my things was, does it? So it, it now is very collector influenced, and it's like their their new slogan is, "It's not the same without the flame." And compare mm -hmm. that to something like Beat That. You know, from 2004, it was the beat that or do that. Okay. And now it's just like, oh, our cars are the collector cars sort of thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think is that difference? And has it really well, changed or is it just like? Yeah, it, it hasn't changed all that much um, uh, because when we were doing our research uh, uh, in terms of the brand, um, collectability uh, was, was a major uh, aspect. Mm. And, and a lot of the design sensibility that we put into the the uh, the, the various teams, the logos, there were mm -hmm. pogs, 
P O G S. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. The the there little things go. right here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. The comics, everything was was driven by this notion of of collectability, um, and and, um, and we we took that research and and it helped to create this entire uh, campaign. Um, so I, I get it. I, I get that that aspect of it. Um, I, I, you know, and I love the, the new video game, which actually comes the closest of all the, the uh, iterations to the original concept of, of having tracks interacting with the real world in crazy ways oh, yeah. and, and so forth. Um, so I, I'm digging that. And, and I think a few of our, our, our friends are actually in the game. Um, yes, so that's yes, nice. Well, it was um, only only one world race, unfortunately. There's only Vert. He's the only one that made it in as far as world race goes. But all the accelerator stuff, they're really big in to try and get those in. Yes, yes. So, um, you, you know, I would love for them to stop waiting on a feature film and start to develop, you know, either go back to to our favorite universe or or start something new mm-hmm. that is truly um, infused with potent and and resonant story that's um, uh, that's yeah. really good uh that actually goes into my next question which was what do you think of of them hiring like fast and furious director justin for this new hot wheels movie and it's been in production for like i don't know five years it feels like <laughs> and what do you think of that? Is, does that mean that Fast and Furious is going to be the new car thing for everyone? Or what's your thought? Yeah, you know, um, uh, I'm not involved in, in the in the production, but um, it, it feels as if it is falling into the same uh, uh, traps that, that every effort to create a movie has fallen into, and that is um, uh, that, that they don't know how to crack, um, what makes Hot Wheels special mm-hmm. and, and what makes it, um, uh, you know, cinematic and, and so forth, uh, you know, uh, given the chance to do it all over again, I, I might have, you know, gone back and to, to our original concepting and, and just, you know, um, focused on those, those key elements of, of the brand to tell the, the story, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think people get caught up in whose father is awful <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, all those standard kind of tropes in, in movies yeah. and, um, and then to mimic something like Fast and the Furious is not uh, what you want to do with Hot Wheels. Hot mm-hmm. Wheels, I feel is very different from, from that. And I hope uh, Justin's working on it. I just don't think that they've cracked the story yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually, yeah, they did hire writers. I think like brand new writers, but it's again, it's just pre-production stuff. The um, writers. Here's what's happening over and over again. The writers are imposing their um, uh, 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 fantasy of Hot Wheels onto Hot Wheels mm-hmm. without understanding Hot Wheels. Mm. You know, without yeah. deeply, yeah. deeply understanding Hot Wheels, the the thing we did was we asked Mattel to furnish us uh, images and video of kids playing with the toys. Mm. What what yeah. what's going on in in your head when you're playing with that toy, and you are 
it's exactly what you described, JC. You are personalizing it. You are imbuing those cars with character and you're making them do things that are fantastical, mm-hmm. you know, just are. And, um, and if you don't do that uh, in a movie, then it's not really Hot Wheels. Mm. Oh, man, that's, that's some good stuff. I think one of the things that I have always thought about when I think about Hot Wheels is Speed Racer, um, especially that 2008 movie by the Wachiskis. Sure. Something about it just was like it's so much freedom when when speed moves around on the tracks and everything, and even Hot Wheels made like a, a line of cars for them, but it's it's something like that that I felt like would be a much better way of going down than Fast and Furious with how they do races and and like that fantastical element of Speed Racer is is what makes it so exciting to watch as a racing movie even. Um, but also that the world was taken seriously, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, I love that about Speed Racer. The, the, the stakes were high, you know, it, it, it was implied that characters would die and, and, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Um, the emotions were real and we wanted that for Hot Wheels, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's that's what makes it not goofy. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it, uh, yeah. it makes you today able to take that story seriously because it took itself seriously. And I think one of the best things about that is, is that back then it wasn't appreciated as much because I think Batman had just come out the, the like biggest Batman movie. But then over time, again, it's, it's this thing over time. It's like these kids become adults and then now they're able to interact on the internet sort of. And it's, it's funny to see like the actors even are coming back and saying, Hey, we want to do this. We want to do this. This sounds like really cool. And fans want this. I mean, why do you think uh, corporations sort of hang back on that with, with uh, fandom reactions? Well, here, here's, um, uh, here's the, the part of our talk that I really hope Mattel is listening to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen uh, in, in, um, in today's market, if you do not create an architecture for dialogue with your fans, if you do not include their thoughts and feelings in the story that you have to tell, they are going to go to someone who does consider them. You know, um, uh, the the um, the the hesitation. Uh, on the on the part of many American uh, studios toward fandom is you don't want to get into uh, any kind of dialogue with your fans because y- you can't win. Uh, they'll always be criticizing you. They'll always be attacking you. Uh, they're never satisfied. Blah, blah. I hear this all the time. Um, and you could actually see it happen with things like Star Wars, the whole woke thing and, oh, yeah. and, and so yeah. forth. Um, uh, but, um, but I, I'm currently working with Ultraman, the Japanese superhero. I'm sure you've seen this, uh, Jay-Z, yes. if you looked at my social media. Just Twitter, just uh, a little, little bit, and little, Ultraman, little Ultraman, Ultraman, <laughs> But, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm the producer of Ultraman. So, mm-hmm. so the, the thing that I got the Japanese owners of Ultraman to agree to is to let me build that architecture for dialogue. So, so the fans... Um, uh, they don't just love Ultraman, they love me, and they love mm-hmm. the fact that my efforts, my team, 
is reaching out to them and caring about them and bringing them into the telling of the story uh, and letting them influence the telling of the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're validating and celebrating their participation. Um, when you do that, you, you get super passionate fans. They go out and, and hold the torch, you know, uh, uh, for you and, and, um, and bring in more fans. And that's how to grow a fan base today in entertainment. I'm trying real hard to persuade um, American companies like Mattel and, and uh, the studios and so forth to, to build these, these dialogue architectures more uh, powerfully. So that um, so that you get this level of participation. So you don't your 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 market isn't just uh, little kids, four year olds for Hot Wheels. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it, it's um, it's adults who grew up on Hot Wheels, who love the, the, the brand and who want to be stay a part of it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the answer. Uh, Mattel hasn't quite gotten there yet, but I'm, I'm hoping they will. I see. I was I was actually going to ask next, which was what is the main demographic of Hot Wheels? And for, for me, I've seen it as being they really love their old collectors and they really love those the young kids. But like for sort of that middle of the road where they didn't I don't think they expected us to really love stuff. Um, they just sort of ignored us for a really, 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 really long time until I think just this year when they finally tweeted something about us and it was, it was so funny. It was like their most popular tweet was uh, we're bringing, we're bringing a, this is for you Acceleracers fans or whatever. And it was their first wow. tweet about Acceleracers ever. <laughs> uh, and it was for, of course, the, the video game, but it was just that reaching out that has finally brought fans back into, to wanting more and more. And for the longest time, of course, it's just been, sort of us us uh, little small creators where we're the ones getting all this feedback and they're talking to us saying, hey, they, they should do this and this and this. And I'm like, that's awesome. I don't actually have any control over that, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> and I think now, uh, especially this past, um, this past Hot Wheels Legends tour that I went to, which is where you can see these real life Hot Wheels cars, yeah. um, I never would have expected um, bra- uh I'm sorry. Uh, what is his name? Uh, oh no, oh no, he's at me. Uh, so Brian Benedict, I, I had to have it. Uh, Brian Benedict, who is the head designer at Hot Wheels, uh, he came up to me. Um, I don't know if you saw the video, but he came up to me and said, "I've seen your stuff, and I sent it to all these Mattel executives, and I've been trying to get these people to realize what's going on and such." And just being welcomed, especially, was 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 super appreciative. Oh, that's but then, great. But then it wasn't just me. It was also this kid that was just there from Dallas. And he was a big fan too. And and he would just, he didn't know like uh, who who he was or anything. But he did understand that he's a big Acceleracers fan. And he mm-hmm. gave him the same treatment as he would have given me, who's a creator, uh. right? So giving someone that even is just a fan who hasn't made anything sort of with, with Acceleracers content or right. anything the same kind of treatment that he was giving me was, was a big, um, I think up for, for Hot Wheels to do for trying to bring uh, fans back in and saying, yeah, we, we hear you. We listen to you. We, we understand y'all and we're finally getting back to y'all. I, I, it's like, we've known 
we know y'all y'all have been over here and stuff it's just we finally are reaching out again <laughs> i guess uh, there you go there you go i think that's um, just perfectly uh, that, that's, that's great i you know um it, it's um the, the people come and go and mm-hmm. and at some point someone's going to be in control at, at mattel who was impacted by uh the the hot wheels animation mm-hmm. right uh, we're we're at that point in time, and maybe they'll say, you know what? Let's revisit this. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's bring those characters back. It's like um, I'm looking forward to it. One of one of the things I wanted, maybe, was if they do a movie, just stick Vert Wheeler off to the side. You only have to put him in in the main shot. <laughs> just put him in as a little cameo. Like, oh yeah, we know who he is. <laughs> there you go, a little cameo. That's fine. That'd, that'd oh, be that's great. Good. Super cool. Um, I did want to ask. I don't know. How's your time actually? I only have just a few minutes left, so... Okay. Oh, no. Uh, I was going to try and ask some questions from the fans. I don't know how much... Go ahead. Toss them, and we'll do a a rapid fire. Okay. So, from the fans that are members of my channel, you can join it. Uh, This is from AL Seg, is, why do you think the Highway 35 universe has stood the test of time? Uh, It it has stood the test of time because it... it, um, There was a, I call it elegance. There, there is a simplicity to the narrative, and yet, uh, if you drill a little bit deeper, there's lore. There are references made to things that are happening off screen. You know, who, who's Ver- Wheeler's dad really? What, what is yeah. Scrim and Clip? Where do the accelerons come from? You know, what, what is Tesla doing? Uh, you know. <laughs> all this this sort of stuff that and and the characters have backstories they talk about their homes and and why they're they're doing what they're doing which which implies that that this thing is just a glimpse into a greater universe and and people seem to love that people seem to to resonate with that yeah that's good uh this one is from double a gamer is it says what did you draw inspiration from for highway 35 i know you've mentioned speed racer and D in the past was there anything specific about those sure sure um uh, we talked about this speed racer was um a, a a universe that took itself seriously and had uh, a, a a consistency to it um the the uh, racer x z36 analogy yeah. is 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 pretty uh <laughs> pretty much in there and, and so forth the, the the slight science fictional elements uh, you know are, are are there um and um and then the the global run uh uh, uh role playing game uh, that i had ran in college had a um uh you know, a, a more sophisticated uh, a storyline. That's where the scrim and the clip came from. That's where um, uh, you know stuff that that found its way into Acceleracers in in vague ways uh, was there. Um, uh, even um, uh, some elements of Battle Force Five, believe it or not. I, mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about that series as much, but. <laughs> But uh, you know, had had some some roots in uh, uh, global run, um, and, and the this notion of of tracks intermingling with the real world and yet being crazy, uh, you know, uh, uh, kinds of, um, of of elements uh, came from global run. Wow, uh, this one comes from Ratchet RPG01. Is says, what project are you currently working on? <laughs> 
the the big one is um, is Ultraman. Um, uh, so there's a, a starting um, uh, tomorrow, which is April 14th. Um, uh, the second season of Anime Ultraman uh, drops on Netflix. Um, uh, there is a, um, a a Japanese feature film called Shin Ultraman that's coming out uh, soon. Uh, there is a um, uh, a Netflix animated feature uh, uh, animated by Lucasfilm Animation, the guys who did uh, Bad Batch and, and mm-hmm. Clone Wars. It is so awesome. It's it's a, a big expensive uh, uh, feature, and um, and and you can find out more about Ultraman and my involvement on UltramanConnection.com. Awesome. And thank you to Z Storm Games as well for being a member. I know you didn't have a question. Um, for the last question for me is, would you ever consider coming down to like Houston for Comic Cons or to the Hot Wheels event that's that goes on down here? Or would that be wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, gee, I, you know, I love to, I, I'm, I'm a very specialized aspect of Hot Wheels because of the, you know, the relatively yeah. <laughs> period of time that I, that I work with it. But if, if anyone's in the mood to bring me anywhere, um, uh, to do with this, this, uh, a story that I truly cherish and, and appreciate, uh, the fans of, um, by all means, I, I'd be glad to, mm. to come down. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, where where can people find you, uh, promo all your social media and stuff? And, and your sure. Um, uh, well, first, uh, uh, JC, you're, you're, you've been amazing as a champion of this story and, and of the character of Vert Wheeler. I truly uh, appreciate uh, that, that you have stood up for um, uh, this universe. Um, and and, um, and your your passion, your your logic, it, it, you know, and 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 the fact that you're involved in creating so much, I think, is going to do you wonderfully for whatever it is that you're going to be uh, accomplishing in life. So, I wanted to tip my hat to you and Nolo and, and all of the wonderful fans. I I do look at what you do. I watch the videos um, uh, and and read the talkbacks and and the Twitter. Um, uh, so, so thank you all. Uh, you can, uh, uh, find me at Jeff underscore Gomez on Twitter. Um, on LinkedIn, it's Jeff Gomez and on Facebook, it's Jeff Gomez. Uh, I'm easy. I'm an easy Google. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah, find me. Exactly. And I have a, a podcast called cosmic street corner Love where it. I talk about, um, how my roots in in Dungeons and Dragons and and uh, the the early stuff we talk about Hot Wheels every so often um, uh, gets um, uh, how that all has to do with the kind of work that I'm doing today. Right, and I totally love that podcast. By the way, so you check it out. <laughs> um, and for me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just a simple JC squared search J A Y C E E squared. Otherwise, you'll find some person who makes art. You know, you can find my merch shop at jclegoman10302.rebelbook.com. And with that, we can end. Do you have any final words? Hot Wheels forever, man. Hot Wheels forever. (laughs) Peace, guys. Have a great one. This has been the Squared Corner Podcast. Music composed by Steve Rockett. Video and audio recording by Riverside.fm. 
video and audio editing by JC Squared. Logo art by Miguel Martinez. And lastly, supported by you, the viewer. Thank you.